Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. I am excited to share the Word of God with you all this morning. How many of y'all brought your Bibles today? Let me see it. Lift it up in the air. My Bible's right here. Say, this is my Bible. Say, speak to me, Bible. Oh, I like that. I can clap, huh? Speak to me, Bible. Open up to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. We're going to continue in our To the Moon series where we're talking about giving. Uh, We're talking about finances. We're talking about generosity. We are talking about stewardship. And uh, we're actually going to be closing it out after this week. So if you have any more questions about giving, certainly you can uh, shoot them up this way and uh, we'll maybe have them in our next uh, sermon series on giving. And uh, so we're going to be sharing out of Mark chapter 12, verse 21. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're not there, say, hold up. All right, okay, all right. We'll give you some more time here. Some more time, Mark chapter 12, verse 41. As we talk about giving today, Mark chapter 12, verse 41. We are getting started right here. It says this, that Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples, he said, yeah, hey, everyone gather around, gather around, gather around. Let me share with you real quick. Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. I'm excited to share with you with the subject heading today, it weighs different. It weighs different. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I pray that you would speak through your servant today. Open our eyes to see you. Open our ears to hear you right now. Just right now, church, open up your hands and say these words after me. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus and the word of God today. Amen. Amen. I have some quarters here that I'm going to be sharing with you today. But first, I also have a scale. Now, depending on uh, where you are at in life, this scale can hold tremendous amounts of excitement, but also tremendous amounts of disappointment. Whether you're trying to lose weight for an occasion or maybe a lifestyle, or maybe you're trying to gain weight for maybe your bulking muscle. So it can either have a lot of disappointment attached to it or a lot of joy. Now, the thing about the scale is that it just tells me the weight. The scale does not have an agenda against me. All it really does is tell me the facts. Say this with me. Say, the scale never lies. The scale never lies. Now, you can choose to lie to the scale if you put one foot on and one foot off and try to kind of get the weight. And let's see if it even shows up. 106 pounds. Man, that's disappointing. As a man, six foot two you know, I'm 106 pounds. I don't even know if I have that much bone in my body. So, all right. But this is a scale that all it really does is tell you how much someone weighs. 
Now, when it comes to giving financially, though, can I tell you that God is to your heart like a scale is to your weight. It never lies, but it knows the true motive for generosity or lack thereof. Now, you can look at someone and assume their weight, but unless you're the people at the circus where they, you know, they ever guess your weight and they try to predict how much it is, you can't ever really guess someone's heart behind something. Now, the thing about weight, though, is that it can be different. It can weigh different. So I get on the scale. I want you guys to shoot some numbers out to me. And if you know how much I weigh, then don't say it. But if you don't know how much I weigh, give a guess. Let me hear some numbers. How much do you guys think I weigh? 120. What is it? 244. All right, I'm going to get on the scale. Okay? Where it turns off every time. I, all right, I'm going to get on the scale. Let's see how much I weigh. We got it loading, loading. Da, na, na, na. I am 231.5 pounds. How many of you did not expect me to weigh 231 pounds? Raise your hand. All right. I'm not going to ask you which way you thought I was going to weigh. But the fact of the matter is, is that looks can be deceiving. And it can weigh different, especially muscle versus fat. Now, a pound of muscle weighs just about a little bit bigger than my fist. Ever had like a big fillet or, or something like that? It's about, this is about five pounds of muscle right here. Five pounds of fat is about the size of my face right here. Because muscle weighs different than fat. Say that with me. Say, it weighs different. It weighs different. Why does it weigh different? Because it's dense. It's denser, so it has more weight. So let's go back to this widow who throws in two copper coins. I have two pennies with me. Now, these are not copper coins, as if you know anything about finances but, or about how they produce money. Uh, but this is symbolic of these two copper coins. Now, I have two pennies, and I have $200 worth of quarters. Okay? I know math is hard, but how many quarters is that? A lot. <laughs> That'd be 800 quarters that we'd have here. Okay, we got 800 quarters here. So let's go back to that verse, Mark chapter 12. Verse 43, what does Jesus say? He says, calling his disciples to him, Jesus says, truly I tell you, this poor widow put more into the treasury than all the others. So I got two pennies and I got a heck of a lot of quarters. So Jesus is saying, these quarters weigh less than these two pennies. How can that be? Because it weighs different. It weighs different. And the first thing I want to call to you to that, to that verse that we have here, first thing that I want you to take note of is that Jesus sees. Jesus sees. He is not comparing the person that gave a lot to a person that gave a little. He's saying what you have to give is significant. God sees your gift. Whether you feel like you have a lot to give or you feel like you have a little, God does not look at the amount compared to others, he looks at the amount compared to what he has entrusted you with. And when you give your gift to God, not for man, but to God, I want you to know that God says, I see your gift. Jesus not discredit those that were giving large amounts as they will receive their reward in full. No, he was pointing out that one gift had a different kind of significance, not in monetary value, but in weight. 
it has a spiritual weight over a physical weight. Jesus points out that there is a difference between giving out of your abundance and giving out of your living. Now, there's three types of giving. There's giving below your ability. There's giving according to your ability. And there's giving beyond your ability. I like to call it sacrificial giving. It's fair to say that 96% of Christians give below their ability. Perhaps another 3% give according to their ability, and less than 1% give beyond their ability. Last week, we talked a little bit about the tithe. If the tithe starts and stops as a believer, if it starts and stops as a tithe, you are living under the law. I think it's a good place to start, but I don't think that should be where it stops. I think it's all the Lord's in our lives. We have to be able to look at our money that God has entrusted me with this as a steward. And if you want to go more into that, you can listen to last week's podcast. But I want to talk about this idea of what does it mean to give beyond our ability. It means to push our giving past the point where the figures don't add up. It means to give when the bottom line says we shouldn't. It means to give away not just the luxuries, but possibly also some of the necessities, or is what we deem as necessities. It means living with the faith of the poor widow. For most of us, giving according to our ability would stretch us, but giving beyond our ability would appear to break us. But it won't because we know that God is faithful. He won't leave us. Hebrews 13.5 says, to keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So the questions everyone's asking today, is it okay to give beyond my ability if it inhibits my lifestyle or potential future investments? This one gets me. Because being a person that loves to read about finances for the most part and investments, uh, I, get, I understand what a dollar can do over long term. And so for me to think I could hold on to it now, invest it, get enough money to where I could give it, and then still be able to hold on to something, that's kind of how my mind works. But if I give it now, I won't be able to invest it. I'm more like I'm sacking, sacrificing my future comfort for what I feel like God is asking me to do right now. Has anyone ever been there before? Just a few. All right, to the 10 people that raised their hands in here today, I'm glad this message is going to bless you today. Can I tell you that it is okay to give sacrificially even if it inhibits your lifestyle that you prefer or even your potential future investments? And I want to give you some things to consider if you ever feel like God is calling you to give beyond your ability, like this poor widow. It says that she put in all that she had to live on, and it weighed more. First things first, you need to use wisdom. It should not be a knee-jerk reaction. Give yourself some time to use prayer and discernment. But can I tell you that there are times when financial stewardship can even become an idol in and of itself. That we, in the name of good stewardship, I'm speaking from one because this is something God's working me, on me right now, um, can even become an idol. We, in the name of good stewardship, can be simply building bigger barns rather than building a bigger kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is spiritual. I want you to understand that, okay? If we feel uncomfortable with certain types of scripture verses, 
Can I submit to you that maybe it is because we are afraid to go without? Perhaps it is because we are really trusting in our own wisdom and ability to save and invest rather than in God's promise to provide. Could it be that we want to plan for our future when God is asking for it now, if God is asking for it now, and the Holy Spirit is prompting you to give beyond your ability now, that we have a tendency to use our wisdom and ability and trusting in that to save and invest rather than trust in God's promise to provide. Luke 12, 15 says, Jesus was saying to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. That means that there's plenty of different types of greed in this world. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. He said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Everyone's praying for that. I put some stock in that Dogecoin and it went to the moon, baby. Everyone that put any money in Dogecoin prayed that prayer. Right? God, if, it, if it, you could just bless it. Everyone that bought a lottery ticket, God, if you could just do what you do best, God. It, it, it came to it yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, though, now that he's sitting comfortably, he thought to himself. He thought to himself. What did he do? He didn't consider, remember the good Lord for the land that he has given you, who has given you the ability to produce wealth. No, he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I'll store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. Now, I want you to know that it is not wrong to save up. It is not wrong to enjoy life. God wants to give you all that you need to abound in every good work. God wants to bless you. You're his child. He cares for you. He says to the, 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 the prodigal son, the, the brother that stayed home, he said, everything that I have is already yours. God isn't saying that you just need to be poor. God is saying, remember the Lord who gives you the ability He's saying, remember the Lord. It's not wrong to save up. It's not wrong to prepare for the future. It is not wrong to store up for your children's children. That would be contrary to the entire Bible. But what do we see? In verse 17, he says, my crops. Verse 18, my surplus grain. Verse 19, plenty for many years for me to take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, this may be something that may rub people's mind. I don't necessarily know if retirement is biblical. I don't know if it is. I don't see it really in the Bible. Now, if you want to change professions, then by all means. But to just stop, and maybe, maybe it's more so your approach to retirement. If it's like, hey, finally, I'm done. I don't think that's healthy even for yourself, let alone for the calling of God on your life. Okay, we could talk more about that, but that's not the point of this message. Okay. It's not that we're supposed, not supposed to enjoy life, but more so this is a perspective of selfish life. Now, we are blessed to be a blessing. We should desire not to have the blessing stop with us, but rather being someone that the blessing flows to. We don't want that to be the case. We want to be people that the blessing flows through. 
because we understand that it is greater to give than to receive. Now, the problem with this is the man did not consider the source. Now, we're talking about sacrificial giving, and I want to also note that it is possible to make giving an idol, that we don't do what the Bible teaches, and we don't follow the idea of living conservatively or content, as in Hebrews 13.5 says, so we give more than we can afford to give, but instead of cutting back on lifestyle, we finance it with debt. This is not biblical as well. Well, I'm going to give a bunch of money to God through this church or these organizations. I'm going to give a bunch of money to this place, and uh, but I need to finance my lifestyle because you know I need those new kicks. And so we finance our future with debt. That is not biblical as well, okay? So sacrificial giving is to go without something that is good in order to give to something that has a different weight. The kingdom, are you following me here? Okay, it is sacrificing a desired lifestyle to support God's work, his kingdom, but not, it's not going into debt for the glory of God, okay? All right, now I just want to share some, some, script, some quick scripture verses that if I want you to be able to read up on Matthew 6, 1, talks about Jesus saying, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. So he says, if you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So you're not going, guess how much money I gave to the church. We don't do that. We don't go around saying, hey, guess how much money I gave to this person in need. Now, I shared a story last week that was more prevalent to the conversation to be able to bless everyone. But you guys don't know all the conversations that I have. Where I'm not going to share that with every single person. That's between me and God. You can't take that reward from me. That's between me and God. I want to encourage you to not be boastful about your giving, not to let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, but I also want to encourage you that you may feel like you don't have anything to give. Can I tell you that you do? No matter how much, if this widow had two pennies and Jesus respected her and commended her for her gift, how much more do you have to give? 2 Corinthians talks about the church of Macedonia giving in their extreme poverty. 2 Corinthians 8 says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overwhelming joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. That's like the opposite of everything we've ever been taught. So wait, they didn't have anything, but it welled up into rich generosity. Can I tell you, you have a lot compared to what God has entrusted you with. Come on. God has given you something. So why are you discrediting your one bag of gold because someone else has two? Because someone else has five. God has entrusted you with something. And it's about what he has entrusted you with and what you do with that that determines your faithfulness and stewardship thereof. Okay, so let's go back to this widow's gift. Okay? This widow's gift. She's got two coins and the rich people got 800 quarters. Okay? Now, I want to share with you that it weighs different because she saw the potential value of the copper coins with a compounding kingdom perspective, not the world's perspective. And I have a little illustration that the team is going to bring on to help kind of give us a, an idea of what this means, this idea of compounding kingdom perspective, okay? So we look at these two pennies, right? How much do you think these pennies weigh? Give me a guess. It's, it's, re it's really light, Eli. <laughs> I don't even know if you can put it on the scale and, and weigh it like that, okay? So we got, the, we got a scale right here, all right? So Jesus is saying that these two pennies weigh more 
than these quarters. Okay, so you got the rich people throwing in these coins. You know, maybe some are going on the ground. You know, they're throwing some in there, right? And who knows their heart? Maybe it was all pure heart, like they're wanting. I don't think they're going around, look at all the money, as some stories say. I don't think that was the case. I think that they were giving out of their abundance. Wow, God has blessed me. I am going to give some of it back to God so that I remember. But Jesus is saying, this woman gave more than those people that were putting in all that other stuff. Nope. Doesn't look like that to me, Jesus. I just got, there's two pennies. And they put in all these bags of gold and, and silver and, and all this stuff. And you're saying that it weighs different. Can I tell you that, first off, it wasn't what this woman was giving to. Okay? She, think about it. She was giving to a temple treasury that Jesus prophesied earlier that was going to be destroyed. Think about it, 40 years, she was giving to a building campaign of a building that was going to be dilapidated in 40 years. Jesus knew that. She, was giving, she wasn't giving to a building campaign. She wasn't giving to a, a temple, got to get, gotta pay for the lights. Who's going to pay for the electrical bill? She wasn't giving to any of that stuff. She was giving to someone rather than something. Can I tell you, it's less about what you are giving to and more about who you are giving it to. My dad taught me this, and funny enough, my father-in-law believes the same thing. So it's kind of cool how that kind of works together like that because uh, they both follow God. So they will have kingdom principles tied together. That when they give to God, they give to the church giving to God, not to man. What they choose to with, do with it is on them. So I give to God, I don't give to man. What the church says, decides to do with it, that's on them. And I, try, I pray, God, help me to be a good, faithful steward of all the people's resources that have come into this house uh, that we can use to grow your kingdom and reach this city. Amen? Amen. But if you know anything here about compound interest, you know the power of time. Right? So she wasn't giving to in a worldly kingdom. She was giving to an eternal kingdom. And if you know anything about investing in compound interest, the one thing that you have when you are young that you do not have when you are old is time when it comes to investing. The one asset that you do not have is time and the power of compounding interest. So I have two pennies here. Now, if I were to ask you guys today, if you would rather have the 800 quarters, that's $200 worth of quarters, are these two pennies doubled in 30 days? Which one, who would all want the quarters? Raise your hand. We got 800 quarters in here. That's $200. And all I got is two pennies. Okay? So now these pennies, when they have time at their disposal, can quickly become more than those quarters. So let's, get, let's do some math here. I know math, we're, oh, come on, it's Sunday, Pastor Eli. We're going to do math. Okay, so day one, how many pennies do I got? I got two. All right, two plus two equals four, right? Okay, and day two, I have, come on, give me some feedback here. Hey, thank you. It's on the screen, people. <laughs> All right, okay, so we're still, okay, eight cents. Okay, what do I have day three? 16, day four? Day five. 
okay? People that are really good at math, how many think I got on day 15? Don't share it yet. Don't show it yet. How many do you think I got on day 15? In 15 days of these two pennies doubling, remember the power of compound interest, is 32,768 pennies. So in 15 days, these two pennies already weighs more in monetary value than these quarters. Just in 15 days, okay? Now we go to 25 days. How many days do you, how much do you think I got at 25 days? How many pennies? 33,554,432. Okay, how much money is that? So what is that? That'd be three. I, I had the math. I just, I'm, just, I'm just spacing it right now. Oh, it's a lot of money. Okay, that's pennies, right? That's not money. All right. By day 30, guess how many pennies I have? It goes from 33 million to 1 billion, 73 million, 741,824 pennies. Who wanted the quarters? That is a total of 10 million $737,418.24. million. I think I understand now how Jesus said the two pennies weighed more. Because he understood the eternal impact and the potential that something had. Can I tell you, the scale never lies. And Jesus never lies. So if he says that she gave more, best believe that she gave more. And this is why in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says that each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work, as it is written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I can't help but think how this verse says in verse 8 that God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Okay, God, I got two pennies. But you are able to make those pennies to help me abound in every good work. And keep this in perspective. Well, God's talking about kingdom. Yes. He's talking about heaven. You know, treasures in heaven. Yes. But they also reference being rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. So there's an ability to be able to be blessed to be a blessing. So I'm giving to God not just for eternal treasures. Yes, that's what happens when you have an eternal perspective. But as you have an eternal perspective, you are no earthly good if you're not kingdom-minded. But if you are kingdom-minded, you are earthly good. Because you're able to bless other people. Okay? I can't help but think how Paul talks about this in reference to a seed. In verse 10, he says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. 
but we were talking about money. Okay, but we understand that kingdom principles are usually linked to seeds that are planted, mustard seeds, you know, seeds that are planted of, of righteousness. And, and I can't help but think about when Jesus talks about the parable of the, the sower. And it goes around in Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. It says, now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word. So he's living for the riches rather than for the word. And so the word gets choked out of him and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the ground, on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces. What have you heard this said? Some a hundredfold, 60-fold, 30-fold. Some translations say 100 times, 60 times, 30 times. Oh, wait, Jesus says that these two pennies, where'd those pennies go? See, they're so small, I lost them. Okay, Jesus says that these two pennies, right, weighs more than all of these quarters. I beg to, no. Okay, okay, but what if I deposit them into the ground? Okay, even on my best day, 100 times two pennies is what? 200, how much money is that? The $2. Now you've got $2 on the best day, right? The best day, even the best return, 100 times, 60 times, 30 times fold. This is like how it is in the kingdom of heaven, 100 times, 60. That doesn't make sense, God. Two pennies times 30 times is just 60 cents. Or, you know, 60 times a buck 20. 100 times two bucks. It still doesn't weigh more, God. But then I looked up this idea of what, it mean, what does it mean to fold? 30 times, 60 times, 100 fold. All right, so this is what this is how this is the, the, the difference between times and fold. Okay, and this is how God looks at finances. We look at it as, oh, God can times it by two. Cool. God has to times this by, I don't even know how much to be able to get, maybe 10,000 to be able to get $200. Okay, but have with me a piece of paper. Okay, this is a rectangle piece of paper. Okay, I have one rectangle, I have two rectangles, right? Okay, one, two. But when I fold it, okay, open it back up, okay. How many rectangles do I have? One, two, three, four, okay. Okay, good. Let me fold it again. All right. Okay, how many rectangles do I have now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, now to do our math, I fold it again. 16, great. 16, okay. I fold it again. 16 times 2, 32. I fold it again. 64, okay. Okay, 32 rectangles. 32 rectangles, okay. So now, if I took a moment to think Two times a two cents times a hundred fold. If two cents thirty fold, the minimum that God said you will see return came out to ten million. Not even my calculator to go up to a hundred fold. Do you see how God works in the kingdom? Now I can understand how these two pennies can weigh more than all these quarters. I understand it now. Now put into perspective 
that one billion, the one billion pennies is equivalent to five school buses. Not like filled, but like the size of the school bus. That's a lot of pennies. We put five school buses in this room. You got one, two, it about fill up this whole room. Could you imagine how many a hundredfold? But God was looking at it through an eternal perspective. The power of compound interest linked to eternal giving out of livelihood, not out of abundance. He says, this is the power of giving out of poverty what you do not have to give to someone who has everything that you'll ever need. And that's why I understand in 2 Samuel 24, 24, when David says, when he's buying the threshing floor, he says, but the king replied to Aruna, no, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. And I ask you today, does your giving cost you something? Does it cost you your lifestyle? A little, maybe a little bit of, of comfortableness. I'm not saying that. I'm not going to lines of you sell everything and give to the poor. We talked about that last week. Like I said, it's not about that. It's about your heart, okay? What I'm talking about is, am I sacrificing some things to give to God? That's between you and God. I can't weigh that. I can judge on the outside. I shouldn't, but only you know. The scale never lies. And God is to this scale like your generosity is. God is to your heart like this scale is to your weight in regards to your generosity. Okay? So when you give to God, not out of your abundance, but out of your livelihood, can I tell you that it weighs different because of sacrificial giving? So I can take these quarters out. there and then you could try to anyone want some quarters you know so these two pennies they're sitting there weighing down and now they weigh more because they're out of poverty they can still keep weighing more so I can grab all this money in the world but it still weighs more because this was given out of a lifestyle, was it? She knew that it wasn't about what I could get. It was about seeds that I could plant. And she understood the kingdom principle of an eternal compound interest and how it weighs more. Jesus was not lying when he said, this weighs more because it weighs different. Would you stand to your feet? And I want a church, I want a church that is so outrageously flipping blessed. But God told me this church isn't going to be blessed unless they get this right. So I want to know I can trust you. Can I trust your heart? I, I think Holy Spirit is saying I trust a lot of you in here today. Let's just make sure that we stay grounded, Right? that we don't get caught in the deceitfulness of riches, that we don't get caught in the deceitfulness of all these things, that we miss what really matters. 
And so I want to pray today that as God blesses you, that we would put him first. Amen? Amen. Would you open up your hands this morning? Father God, I thank you for the people of My City Church. God, I thank you for the business ideas that have came up in this house. God, I thank you for the job opportunities. I thank you for the promotions. God, I thank you for the creativity and inventions that are happening. I pray that we'd be good stewards of those, not just discrediting them and thinking, well, this is what, this, someone else is gonna do that, but if God had given it to me, that I'd be a faithful steward thereof. God, I pray for every single hand that is putting themselves to the plow, that is working faithfully, that is giving faithfully. God, I pray that Corinthians and I would be upon them today that God will make all things abound to you, that you may abound in every good work so that all times and having all that you need, God, I pray that they would be able to find themselves in rich financial blessings so that they can be rich towards God, not just in this world or for this world storing up barns, God, but they can be rich towards your kingdom, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you help us to be faithful with that? God, help us to see how it weighs different. God, help us to not be in love with just what this world can give. God, I thank you for, for people that have given up so much to follow you. I thank you for people that have given up cars, given up homes, I pray that any kind of thought that comes back into their head over their years of giving, where they think, man, imagine what I could have bought. God, we take captive those thoughts and we bring them before you. God, we won't know this side of heaven, the amount of treasure that we have stored up, being rich towards you. But I pray that the devil would not come and rob those seeds because of the deceitfulness of wealth that were planted long ago. God, I pray that they would not discredit the faithfulness that they have showed towards you years ago, giving financially, sacrificially years ago, that they would not rob that seed and, and almost despise giving towards certain causes and churches. God, but I pray that they would say, I'm giving to God, not to man. And God takes that. Even as a woman gave to a building that was going to be destroyed in 40 years, you said that she gave more because she gave out of her poverty all that she had to live on. God, I pray that we would not get distracted. We would not get distracted with what this world can give, that we miss out on what you have stored for us in heaven. Bless your people. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.